What, do you got a date or something? You, you're kidding. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. Today, we are talking Season 4, Episode 13, Never Again. This episode aired February 2nd, 1997. It was written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Their last episodes they wrote together. They come back for their revival, but this is the last we get them in like the original run. So Aww. they really went out in a bang. Legends only. Yeah. Love these dudes. Some of my favorite X-Files writers. Yeah. And then directed by the illustrious Rob Bowman. And we are joined by a guest, Brianda. Hello. 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 Uh, So what is your relationship to the X-Files? Oh, goodness. Okay. So for me, the X-Files, I kind of see it as like one of those iconic 90s shows, comfort shows, kind of like Boy Meets World. Because with this mm-hmm. rewatch, this would be like my third time watching it. Well, two and a half. I watched it when I was in like my teens, but I never actually finished it. And then when I saw mm-hmm. that season 10 was coming up, I watched it again in like college. And so that was like two and a half. And then this one would be like three or two. Yeah. Oh, so perfect. it's just like, <laughs> I I enjoy it because of X-Files. I actually believe aliens exist. So. <laughs> oh, love that. Love that. I want to believe so bad. Sometimes I just like can't talk <laughs> myself into it. I guess I believe that they exist because like it seems improbable that they wouldn't. Right. But I don't mm-hmm. think they're visiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes. Oh, so off the top, I wanted to mention, I found this out looking at the Wikipedia page that Quentin Tarantino was uh, offered to direct this, but he couldn't because of like an issue with the Writers Guild or Directors Guild. Sorry. But I think that would have been interesting. I know he's directed other TV. He directed some ER episodes and he directed a very famous uh, CSI yeah, episode I think that, that I like. It could have been interesting. I don't know. Tarantino's kind of like iffy for me. Like I like some of his directing choices and I also really hate some of his directing choices. Yeah. Yeah. We would have absolutely got a Gillian Anderson feet shot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it would have been interesting to see though. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do absolutely mm-hmm. love Rob Bowman's direction in this episode. It mm-hmm. it absolutely rips. It's so good. I love it so much. But the plot of this episode. Scully has a bit of a crisis about the course of her life. And so, as Mulder gets banished to a vacation by the federal government, Scully wanders around the little Russian part of Philly and runs into an uh, intriguing man who is having a psychotic break where he thinks his tattoo is telling him to hurt women. This dangerous journey of Scully's causes friction between her and Mulder. I feel like this episode is just, like, dating in, like, 2022 sometimes. Like, just... (laughs) <laughs> finds an interesting man who's having a psychotic breakdown because of his tattoo like that's that's very relevant <laughs> yes yes he it's he just slots into 2022 really so seamlessly like he 
This tattoo is like the average this, Redditor. This episode, I think, has some <laughs> of the, the best longevity of, of any X-Files episode. Like, still relevant. <laughs> yeah. This tattoo has some... This tattoo has some thoughts about Gamergate and <laughs> ethics in gamer journalism. <laughs> Combined with Scully's just like quarter life crisis, it's great. <laughs> it's just they make a great pair. Yeah, right before this episode, she tweets like uh, she retweets that Dylan O'Brien tweet uh, in my slut era. Yep. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> Good for her. On this podcast, we support women's rights and women's wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so we open on a spooky scene, uh, divorce course in Philly. <laughs> it's very spooky. And <laughs> yeah. And uh, this man, Edward Jers, is getting divorced. And he's played by Rodney Rowland. And he is a Space Above and Beyond alum. So the connection with James. And Glenn, and he and Gillian Anderson dated for like about a year. He was her date to the Emmys, where she won her Emmys uh, for the season. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Did nice. they date? It's a very, it's a very iconic scene that like cracks me. Up. It's not a scene as real life. <laughs> the very iconic moment <laughs> it cracks me up at that Emmys where she wins, and so it's like her sitting next to Rodney, and then David Duchovny sitting behind them. And David Duchovny, like, leans in first to kiss her before her own boyfriend. <laughs> and it's just so incredibly Isn't funny. Isn't he married at that point, too? Isn't he married yet or not yet? Poss- I think he gets married at the end of season Okay, four. but so he's, like, not- yeah. Wow. <laughs> Whatever they have going on is endlessly confusing. Yes. <laughs> Very messy. Very messy. Yes. No wonder they beef so hard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> So, like, the average uh, divorce court attendee, he goes to a bar afterwards, and he's pretty drunk. Bartender tries not to serve him, but it gets convinced by money, I guess. I don't really know. That was kind of a weird scene. That was a weird scene. I was like, are you, you're, like, trying, he's like, no more, and then, and it's like, okay, that makes sense. He's probably pretty drunk. And then he's, like, pulls out his credit card. He's like, okay, whatever. You know what? I don't actually care. I need to keep my business afloat. I'll take it. Yeah, it's not the most respectable bar. You should probably be cut off, but I mean, you've given me a credit card, so (laughs) go for it. Yeah. And he pulls out a picture of his kids and him, a uh, and he uses his cigarette to burn his face. Big divorce dad vibes. God, massive. Yes, this this man is about to film a video in his car um, that he uploads to Facebook. Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably been banned from Instagram, I feel like. Facebook lighting for breakdown. <laughs> uh, so, of course, he decides in his inebriated state to get a tattoo. Like so he do. does. He gets a little, yeah, 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 <laughs> and he gets a little pinup, uh, pinup doll Betty, with the words, the text, never again. In the very classic <laughs> New American style, which I don't really like as tattoos, but go on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very nineties. Mm-hmm. And he he gets home and he collapses on the floor. It's it's a ominous shot of the tattoo, but nothing is very clear. It's like, well, what's the X Files angle? You know, like. 
it's not really clear for now. Then we have the credits. And then we open at the Vietnam Vet Memorial. A great, great directing by Rob Bowman where, like, we don't see Mulder or the guy he's talking to because they're so inessential to the scene. We simply hear them talking. And he's recounting some story about, you know, seeing UFOs or something. It's very unimportant. It's This is about Scully, and she just kind of, like, wanders away and looks at the wall and, and picks up this, like, rose petal. Um, so it's, like, very uh, melancholic, I guess. It's the word I'm looking for. And then we have a... We go back to Edger's. Still don't know how he fits into the story, but he's at his... I said call center job, but I think he's a broker, and I honestly don't know what he's brokers He's a stockbroker. He just, like, tries to sell people stocks, so it's, like... He's just, like, cold calls strangers? I think they're clients, so I think they're, like, already okay. existing clients, because this lady seems like she kind of knew him, and, like, he was, like, her stockbroker mm. or, like, financial advisor, and it's just, like, oh, there's this new stock, mm. like, Apple or whatever, and it's, like, you should... yeah this buys stock in this company i don't know i don't really know why how it works i just know that that's what stockbrokers do is they try to get you to buy stocks yeah yeah that makes sense so he's he's doing that and um i guess i just thought it would be it would look more uh like grown up like it wouldn't just be like a man with like a headset (laughs) yeah to appear adult (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and um, as he's talking, he hears this woman's voice call him a loser, and he's like, "What the? What did you say?" And she's like, "I didn't say anything. I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> so then he's like, "Okay, it's the other women in the office." And so he gets up and walks over to the next cubicle to like confront these women just like working on the computer, <laughs> and he's like, "Say it to my face." <laughs> call me a loser to my face. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then we hear the same voice say, trash trash the desk. And so he like throws the stuff on the desk down and gets escorted out by his boss. So this dude's not doing so well. I mean, no. do we have mm-hmm. the divorce court appearance, yeah. the tattoo, this outburst. Big. Something as weird as. Big Redditor misogyny vibes going on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This man is lucky that he, like, obviously never has been on a forum in his life. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> he's that sensitive. It could have been so much worse. <laughs> if he's that sensitive to being called a loser, like, I don't know, was he, like, a popular kid or something? Like, <laughs> was he not called a loser all the time growing up? Uh, also, I, so I watched this, like, on my TV, so I didn't pick up on this, but my understanding is that... um. Jody, oh, and the tattoo is voiced by Jodie Foster. Yeah, um, it's so fun mm-hmm. that she's just playing like a raging misogynist. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's like it does. If you're wearing headphones while watching it, it's different head. It does this different. Channels. Oh, that's cool. I I mm-hmm. also watched yeah, it on my so TV. So you'd hear it in like one ear and then the other, and kind of give you the illusion that like she's in your head. Oh, too. that's really cool, actually. Nice. Yeah, it almost made me want to watch it with headphones on, but also I live alone, and so, like, I can just put it on the TV. (laughs) I'm sure I watched it first with headphones on. So, anyway. We have the big scene of the episode, in my opinion, really setting the theme of the episode with Mulder and Scully in the basement office, and 
Scully is sitting in front of the desk holding Mulder's nameplate. And he like comes in and he's like, oh my God, they're making me take a vacation. Like how fucked up is this? Um, <laughs> come, comes in She's, complaining that he has to take a break from work. I love how he spins it into a conspiracy too. Like this is just their way of getting me out of the office. It's like, yes, that's literally what a vacation is, but they're not trying to conceal something from you. Like they literally need you to take a break. <laughs> They have regulations they need to apply to. You need to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this man has not been to a doctor in four years. <laughs> but it's also, like, so great how, like, Scully is so adept at tuning him out because she is not listening. She doesn't care. Such a good vibe. Like, she's she's half listening, but she doesn't, like, respond at all. Like, no indication that she's listening to him it's exactly as she should it's exactly how i feel whenever my boss is trying to tell me something at work and i'm already working on something else or i'm doing something like very important that already <laughs> requires a lot of attention and it's just like i didn't hear a single word you said <laughs> can you repeat that that's please? the bad thing about slack is that like slack interrupts my thoughts mm -hmm. and so then i'm like i have to I get a question in the middle of me doing something. I have to attend to the question. Mm -hmm. But Scully interrupts his whole tirade to say, why don't I have a desk? And Mulder is so flippant in his response. <laughs> I wrote it all down, but it's really long. Okay, so we'll, we'll have him send down another desk and there won't be any room to move around here, but we can put them really close together face to face. Maybe we can play some battleship. And I was like, shut I up. Shut he up. also starts with, oh, I thought the area over there in the back was your <laughs> area. Like, it starts off worse. It's like, <laughs> what? I just thought you were over there in the corner all by yourself. Like, <laughs> just yeah. in the back with the piles of junk. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I truly want him to fall through an open manhole. Yeah. Like, I don't want him to, like, be talking right now. <laughs> And so he's like, okay, well, you know, you'll be here and you can follow up on this, like, um, this thing that our contact was telling us, even though you left halfway through, I'm sorry, I, I, I have a new, like, a laser multimedia presentation next time. And the look she gives him is, Iconic. like, pure poison. Yeah. And she, she was, like, so close to pulling out her gun and, like, just <laughs> shooting him. <laughs> like enough <laughs> like can't you tell she's like kind of not in a great mood and you're being like uh, I mean just very annoying and like little bitchy <laughs> just making Older? it worse like really yeah. four years it would require together. her to have any self reflection <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then he's like okay well while I'm gone you can like go to Philadelphia like look into this dude he's trying to like make me pay a bunch of money for this intel and she's like Mulder, he was telling you a, a plot of Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Mulder's like, it's what? She's like, I'm not going. <laughs> also, like, does anyone under the age of 20 know what Rocky and Bullwinkle is? Not really, no. I don't think so. No. I only half know what it I is. I know Rocky and Bullwinkle more from them appearing in, like, other cartoons than watching mm -hmm. the cartoon itself. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen Rocky and Bullwinkle. I just know of them. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think I've like watched half an episode or something, but it was like such a shock to the system. I was like, I have not thought about this in like 15 years. <laughs> the only time I get reminded of the show is when I rewatch this episode. <laughs> like oh yeah that actually existed yeah <laughs> was, was it a, like really cold war too like it was like uh, the russians were like so. the enemy they were like these two russian probably natalia and oh, somebody yeah. else were yeah. like the bad dudes yeah i think you're right and um yeah i don't really know and i think the squirrel was smart and then bullwinkle the moose was like stupid as hell anyway it is his line of like you're refusing an assignment based on the adventures of Moose and Squirrel. She's like refusing an assignment. Are you my boss now? <laughs> I know you Where didn't did you just tell her that. <laughs> right, like he is so out of line during this scene. Honestly, it's like mm-hmm. okay, yeah, Scully's in a bad mood. Put that aside. But like, even if she was like in her normal mood, like not like in a depressive episode, it's like. Dude, what the hell? That's not okay. Just because you're all, just because he's all mad because he's being forced to take a week long vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says, like, you know what? Like, this job, the X Files have become my life. Because he says, like, they're my life. I worked my ass off to get them reopened. She's like, and they've become mine. And he's like, you don't want them to be? And it's like, I mean, that's what she's trying to figure out right now. <laughs> totally fair. And um, also very important. You shouldn't consider, you shouldn't think of this episode in the context of us just finding out that she had cancer. This is like shot out of order. Well, it's not shot out of order. It's put in different order. They had to move it up for the Super Bowl. But um, so like, I don't like to think of this as like she gets the cancer diagnosis and then decides to do this. I don't like that as like a struck like a a story thing. So I just ignore that for the time being. <laughs> I think it I think it's okay though. Like I think it it can work in some context. Like it's not like like because it aired out of order, we know that like this isn't her response to finding out that she might have cancer, but I think that it would be okay to have like a little bit of a depressive freak out and if you did find out that you you might have cancer like i think it works mm-hmm. both ways honestly but i understand mm-hmm. yeah i was like very very like stalwart that i was like no 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 like just ignore that but like i've kind of come around i'm like okay i guess i could understand that reading even though it's not my favorite right you now And Mulder has like his like one redeeming two he has two redeeming qual- moments in this episode and the first one is when she asks where he's going for vacation and he says ironically it's personal a place I've always wanted to go what what I anticipate to be a spiritual journey <laughs> and then he goes to Graceland <laughs> what a obsessed with this man <laughs> oh my gosh yeah <laughs> only Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're back to Jers pleading for his job, not not working because he did, you know, really mess up mm-hmm. by like threatening women in the office. <laughs> That's a big no no. They don't like when you do that. I do feel bad for him. He's a raging mm-hmm. misogynist, but I do feel bad for him. <laughs> like 
He's going through it. That time. sucks to lose your job. He really is. I don't. He shouldn't like. I don't want him to feel so financially dependent on like. He should be able to work through like his weird issues right now without worried about like rent. I don't feel bad for him like on first watch of this episode, but once you like find out what's going on a little bit later, then I do feel bad for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the voice is back, and he cannot, for the life of him, figure out where it's coming from. He um, he's, <laughs> he thinks it's from like his downstairs neighbor, and starts like banging on the floor. And she's just like trying to turn up the radio to ignore him and drown him out. <laughs> and so the so- the song, um, well, it's, she starts playing it, but then like there's a knock at Jersey's door, and it's like some Jehovah's Witnesses, and he, you know, is not doing so hot. And they're like, ah, he's like. there it's in my head this program the tv to tell me i'm a loser like something's going on like can y'all hear that and they're like you know what we're gonna leave (laughs) they're like "Mm, bye (laughs) you need more than jesus you know what (laughs) never mind you know what the kind of help you need we're not offering so bye (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a little too intense for us we had to bring the big guns and so she turns up the music louder because he's still, you know, yelling. And it's um, Doesn't Somebody Want to Be Wanted by David Cassidy and the Partridge Family. And you know what? Like, James and Glenn did do this exact trick of, like, kind of upbeat song as someone gets murdered in home in the exact same season. But I'm going to let it slide because I think it's really, really fun. Yeah, I think it works. I mean, it's awful, but it mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. It also like isn't isn't as cheery. Like it's cheery, but it's also like doesn't somebody want to be wanted like me? And it's like, yeah, I guess it's kind of what Jerse is going through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ex- except the person who wants to be wanted is his like tattoo that is giving him commands yeah. to like kill women. And um, yes, Jodie Foster essentially calls him like a beta cuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even the Jehovah's Witnesses don't want to deal with you. Yeah. <laughs> And so he goes downstairs, breaks into his neighbor's um, apartment, and I, this is great directing. It's kind of a continuous shot, like a I think the term is tracking shot. It's like backing up. So like we're have the cut the camera away from them. Well, not cut, but like turn the camera away from them. Pull out the door closes, and like the camera continues to pull out down the stairs. And there's probably a cut where it's like really dark all while the music's playing (laughs) and uh ed is like dragging the body down the stairs and you cannot see jack shit in this scene nope (laughs) nope (laughs) zero lighting budget (laughs) i'm like she just murdered someone we don't need light (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like oh no it's like the ambiance and i'm like i i it takes me like a minute to figure out what's happening yeah (laughs) because you cannot see him dragging the body down like you never see the body i think at one point i was confused if he actually burned the body because like it was just a cardboard box yeah and also Mm -hmm. i feel like if you burned a body it would stink the entire apartment complex yeah i feel like there would be a smell a distinct yeah burning flesh smell Mm -hmm. Also, like, I still can't understand the fact that there's just like a, like a furnace open fire that like 
the residents have access to. Yeah, maybe it just like this is like a really old building, <laughs> like classic, like northeast. All of the buildings are like old as hell and like built in the eighteen hundreds yeah. that we just like aren't familiar with. Yes, it's just a very bizarre experience. We don't have furnaces in Texas. No, there's also like I was visiting my friend in Boston, and there was like some pipe. And he had like put plastic over it and he's like, don't touch that pipe. It's very hot. And I was like, okay. But like just the concept of like, there's a very hot pipe you shouldn't touch. It's like also weird to me. (laughs) Our buildings are not that old. (laughs) But then his tattoo is like, let's go, babe. It's just you and me. No one's ever going to hurt you again. Um, (laughs) Okay. Mulder's like driving to Memphis and calls and Scully isn't there. And so we do find out that she did go to Philly. After all that, she, <laughs> she's, she's so responsible. She <laughs> yeah. She's or later. She says she was, she was that impulsive. Like you should have just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, gone to visit your mom, gone to visit your brother, gone to do something that really speaks to you, Scully, instead of going to Philadelphia. <laughs> Instead of doing your job, you know what? Mulder's not there. He takes the <laughs> yeah. time off too, you know? Your, your boss is gone. <laughs> Who is going to notice if you aren't working? <laughs> just play hooky. Maybe she didn't want to deal with Mulder when he got back if she didn't go to Philly. <laughs> I feel like that's a yes, very yes. real possibility of like, oh, I'll go just try to check it out, say nothing's happening, and then bounce. Mm-hmm. And then bounce. So she's uh, staking out the contact. And he, you know, goes into room, has some weird uh, business dealing, and then he, like, walks into the tattoo parlor. And so she follows him in. And this is where the fateful meeting between Scully and Jers, because uh, Jers is arguing the tattoo artist. He's like, no, it looks exactly like it looks on the sheet, except he doesn't so go as far to say that, like, it is driving me insane. He's trying to, like say that he doesn't want the tattoo without saying why. And the guy's like, it it looks great. It looks great. Like, what are you, why are you upset? I can't even do anything with it. It has to heal first. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's like a day old at that point, I think. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so then the tattoo artist just is like, woman, come here. (laughs) It's like, look at his tattoo. Isn't it good? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Scully's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Definitely. Pick out one thing oh, to comment sure, on. Oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> yeah, great red. <laughs> and he's like, I use grasses. And, um... Yeah, did, I don't know if y'all watch this with, like, subtitles on or not, but then he goes into, like, kind of describe his whole, like, history of tattooing, and it's like... Oh, a little scary. <laughs> I don't think this guy should be yeah, tattooing. Yeah, it was like he was doing it. In a, <laughs> I think he mentions he, he like learned in a Russian prison using yeah. like clips, paper clips yeah, and, and like clips yeah. and sewing needles. And then like at one point he said that one of the ingredients was urine. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, 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 okay. Um, I do not want that on my skin. And then Scully gets a tattoo from him. Like, why would you do that? I feel like if any tattoo artist watched this episode, they would go insane at this moment. They would have, like, a whole (laughs) long rant about how this guy shouldn't be tattooing and you should not get a tattoo from him. Girl, you are lucky you just got ergot poisoning. Right. (laughs) Instead of, like, a really bad infection on top of that. (laughs) You could have gotten so much worse, Scully. (laughs) And then... um. 
as like Jerse and Scully have their meeting, the tattoo is like, oh no, no, you don't. <laughs> You're not going to abandon me for some cheap redhead. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I also saw that uh, Jodie Foster took this role because she and Jillian are good friends. And also she was friends with the casting director. And I think it also said she was a big fan of the show. So nice. That's kind of cool. Nice. Uh, Jodie Foster, come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> right. Official invite. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm inviting you and Jillian. That's it. Yes. <laughs> um, and Jers is like, okay, like, by the way, like, do not get an impulse tattoo. Like, you're going to regret it. You should really think about this. And she's like, well, sometimes I wish I was that impulsive. <laughs> and he's like, okay, girl, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. Believe me. <laughs> I'm very happy with my tattoo. Thank you very much. And it was an impulsive decision. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's not the tattoo, dude. It's you. <laughs> I I also like how the tattoo artist was saying that their tattoo, like people's tattoos are like a part of their soul. And I like thinking that my tattoos are a part of my soul because I just have this like dumb frog with a snail on its head. And that's just that represents my soul, apparently. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine get the tattoo you is an innate, inmate number, you know, paw print, <laughs> serious black related. So I guess that's my soul, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. Good for you, Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> they're an addiction. I just They're not really my thing. And that's cool. Um, every time I give a thought to it, I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> and then Jer shoots a shot. He's like, hey. Have you seen much of Philadelphia? What are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm leaving you. And he's like, okay, well, you know, if you're back, we could do something. There's nice restaurants. It's like, yeah, it's a city. Of course, there are nice restaurants. <laughs> I would hope there would be nice restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it like, takes her to like a cheesesteak place. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, I'd love to. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you shouldn't, but she does, obviously. Back at the hotel, she's staying at a place called Adam's Inn. Extremely funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's like in a in like Bad Blood when they're in Texas and they're at the Davy Crockett Motor Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Mulder calls and she's like, how did you know I was here? And he's like, I mean, you're always here. This is where we <laughs> stay in Philadelphia. I knew you wouldn't abandon me. And it's like, you're driving her into another man's arm, Mulder. You don't even realize it. <laughs> you need to tell her that she's actually really impulsive. It doesn't need to change. <laughs> this is a random stranger I just met at a tattoo parlor is looking better than Mulder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Yes. <laughs> Do you see the way he's acting in that room in Graceland, mm -hmm. too? Like... <laughs> Oh my. oh my god, he's a dweeb and I'm absolutely smitten with him. This is the other he's scene. He's such a nerd in this scene. Mulder kind of redeemed himself in that moment. <laughs> yes, his cute little dance when he hangs up. Uh, <laughs> and also, like, he calls her and he's like, oh, you know, I'm at that very special place and I just want to share it with you. Like, that's cute. There's just a very, I'm getting like an eye drop full of like MSR in this episode. Like, that's it. That's like the limit. <laughs> he like knows he pissed her off earlier. And so he gave her some time to like cool off. And now he's trying to be like, like me again. Nice. <laughs> oh, cutesy. 
And, but then they have a conversation, and yeah, it and then he very sad. <laughs> yes, he has a cute moment, and then he's like, "How's it going?" And she's like, "He's uh, he's a gangster. This is nothing. He's just extorting you, and he extorts other people. This is nothing. I pass it off to the Philly's office." He's like, "Hold up, hold up. Wait till I get there." And she's like, "No, I can do my job, Mulder. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I know what I'm doing." And good for her for putting her foot mm-hmm. down. She kind mm-hmm. of lets him run a rough shot over her sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I really like, like, she is saying yeah. no. She is saying no. <laughs> Mulder, I know what I'm doing. It's done. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, what's the agent's name? And she's like, no, enough. We are done. He's out of our hair. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> what do you have, a date or something? <laughs> and the look. The look she gives, the way she does it, her look can be heard over a telephone. She wants to strangle him. (laughs) It's just, she just, he can hear the look. (laughs) And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) And she's like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hangs up. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) Good for her. I wish just for somebody other than Jers, but, you know. Right, right. Maybe next time. <laughs> Wish it was with a better yeah. person, but <laughs> yeah. And so Scully calls Jerris and she's like, Hey, you know, there's a storm delayed my flight. Do you want to go get dinner? And he's like, Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> his tattoo calling Scully a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, just just like a waiting on the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like. The inner his inner voice being just like the worst redditor imaginable. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and his retaliation is to put the ci- his cigarette out on the tattoo. Like that's gonna do anything. His tattoo is not so tattoo. infected. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> the tattoo is a metaphor. He didn't even he didn't even like cry out. Like I don't that would hurt. Like that would hurt normally. And then also on a fresh tattoo, like. Ee. Yes, this this man is really something. Yeah. I think I felt more pain than he actually did just watching that scene. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when Scully walks in, we have a quick scene of the Jehovah's Witnesses at his downstairs neighbor, um, uh, Mrs. Schilling, I think. So, but Scully walks up, and Jers is like, "Oh, okay. Like, let's get. I'm gonna get ready and everything." And she she makes a joke. <laughs> But the last time she was on a date was to see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which came out in 1992, <laughs> and that the characters had a better time than her. And like, that's not a movie where the characters are having fun. No, it's not. That's hilarious. Scully <laughs> <laughs> said, I'm down bad. <laughs> she's like, okay, look. Yeah, I, she's like, I need to get dick down quick. <laughs> and she notices his bleeding, and he's like, Oh, no, it's fine. I got it. I'll take care of it. Uh, you can't touch the two, Scully. Like, she will go feral. And she sees a burned picture and realizes Jers is in a very dark place right now. Which I guess she is kind of, not quite as dark, but she's in a place mm-hmm. similar to him, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Which is why they just kind of work so well together, I guess. You know, why what draws him to each I other. I mean... Have y'all mm-hmm. ever been depressed and then just dated someone who was also very depressed? Because <laughs> it no. happens. No. Or have your friends do sure that? It, it happens. 
I mean, yeah, it's not <laughs> great. So they kind of just gravitated towards each other because they're in like yeah. similar places. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that one yeah. of the books I read talked about what was um you know kind of talked about how like Jersey sees Scully as like a woman mm-hmm. and he has mm-hmm. attraction for her in a way that like Mulder sees her as like a colleague <laughs> and like this is a way like Scully hasn't been looked at in quite a while and like that's you know so alluring to her yeah totally and so she's like let's just go to that crummy bar mm. and he's like okay let's go I mean I made reservations but okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah just ditch them <laughs> we don't need to show up <laughs> <laughs> And so they're at the bar, uh, he asks, like, or she asks him why he likes coming here, and he says, everyone here looks like their problems are worse than mine. (laughs) It's like a biker bar. (laughs) In little Russia, like a Russian biker bar. Yes, yes. And we get, I love the scene with Scully. Like, I love her, like, her daddy issues that we (laughs) resurface in this scene where she's like, I'm in this circle where, like, an authoritative figure comes into my life, and then I want to rebel against him. And Jairus is like, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, okay, so it all started with my father. <laughs> it's like, yes, girl, daddy issues Scully. Give me everything. This date is so good. Like, it's so bad, but it's so good for how bad it is. <laughs> yes. And just like the way Jillian says, and there are other fathers. <laughs> Wink, wink. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I have imprinted in my mind when you said that Mulder was also kept Ahab. And your you, your nickname for your father was Ahab. And I, that has imprinted on my brain. I do remember this, Scully. <laughs> and uh, she she recounts, like, that she would uh, sneak out and smoke her mother's cigarettes, which we found out in Beyond the Sea, also written by James and Glenn. And... um. <laughs> And Jersey, meanwhile, she's like, I'm in a circle. And Jersey's like, I'm a straight line. I have not given any thought to any of my past deeds. Just straight ahead, <laughs> plowing straight ahead. That's what I, how I want to live my life. That's why I got this tattoo never again. <laughs> it's just like, okay, okay. we. I get <laughs> This is something. <laughs> First date, just get all our issues out there. I love it. Yes. It's so messy. Cards on the table. <laughs> it's amazing. At a biker bar. <laughs> At a biker bar in Little Russia. Just like. I'm modeling all of my future first dates off this. <laughs> God, Shelby. <laughs> Um, then I never have a second date, and I'm happy. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. You know what? If You've that, gone out, but you don't have to go out again. <laughs> if that model works for you and that makes you happy, go for it. <laughs> and Scully's like, I want to see the tattoo. And he's like, no. It just it looks all scabbed and infected and everything. And they have that scene where, like, he kind of grabs her hands and, like, Scully's, like, gasp. And it's like, ooh, (laughs) what's going on here? (laughs) And he says, you're so curious. Why don't you get your own? Uh, So, unfortunately, she does. (laughs) She gets a lower back tattoo. (laughs) Yes. She is in her slut era. (laughs) We support women's rights and women's wrongs. And it's, (laughs) a wrong is the placement of this tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, she can't even even see it. Who is she getting this for? Right, and it's like, it's an Ouroboros, right? So, it's like a circle. Like, I think, like, Mm -hmm. a shoulder would be cool, right? Like, just circle Mm -hmm. on circle, right? 
the lower back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's to the side, too. It's not even, like, centered. <laughs> like, it doesn't really make sense. I know. I was thinking. I was like, there's no way you got that on your spine, girl. Yeah. Ow. Like, no way. You're, like, thin as a rail. There's no way there's, like, any padding back there. Mm-hmm. But this scene is amazing. Rob Bowman deserved an Emmy and didn't get it. <laughs> he is putting in the work. It is so erotic. And just like the shot of him like spraying the water and it's just a beautiful shot. And like all of it is just so good. And, you know, Juris is kind of like standing in front of her and she is kind of, you know, having a time, having a blast. She does get the same red, which is her mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, I would never get a tattoo from this man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. Especially like someone who makes their own ink. Like that's not mm-hmm. good. So, like tattoo mm-hmm. ink, fun fact, isn't regulated anyway. Um, but oh, really? yeah, there's like it's a whole thing. So, like, a bunch of tattoo ink just got, like, recalled in the EU because it contained certain, like, chemicals um, because, like, there's no regulation on tattoo ink, basically, and, like, what's in it. So, like, in the EU there is some, but there's just really not a lot in the United States, and we also don't really know a whole lot about, like, what tattoo ink does in your body once it's, like, you know, in your skin. But, um, yeah... You know, if you do get a tattoo, go to someone who um, is sanitary, um, uses like prepackaged ink and needles, you know, mm-hmm. so you know that those are sterile and sanitary and like have only will only be used on you. Yeah. This guy like hand mixes the ink and it's just like, oof, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Red flag, you're a doctor. Like, Yes. This right. is her impulse. It's like I want to get, I want to get, um, like a staph infection. <laughs> Just all safety out the window. <laughs> exactly. So we go. They go back to Ed's, and and he's like, I don't want you driving in the storm. You can just stay here. No funny business. I'm gonna sleep on the couch. And um, I I got like a lot of Jillian in this scene. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> Like, not in a bad way. I thought it was really cool, but, like, it was, like, you know, like, just getting to... I like when when actors get to infuse their characters with, like, their Mm -hmm. own traits. Mm -hmm. And and David Company over here is, like, making Mulder, like, a New York sports fan. So Jillian gets to, like, make Scully a little horny. Right. As a treat. Yeah, I love (laughs) it. Scully can be a little slutty as a treat. Right, exactly. Yes, yes. It's been a long time. She she can do whatever she wants. Yes. <laughs> she's an adult. She, she, exactly. She's a hot-blooded woman. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so she notices the blood again, and she's like, okay, look, buddy, <laughs> let me look at this. This is concerning. <laughs> <laughs> now she brings in her doctor, you know, knowledge. It's like, we need to, we need to get that looked at. <laughs> Yes, yes. And so she's like, this is burned. And and right as like she touches the tattoo, Jodie Foster is like, get her hands off me. Another scene of him like grabbing her hands and and uh Jody's uh if you kiss her, she's dead. <laughs> and yeah. Mulder calls, she's not at the hotel. Um 
Ed wakes up before her. He is on the couch, but they definitely fucked. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Fox was just too cowardly to show <laughs> to us show like, them in the same bed. Yeah. I think I have a quote on this. Hold on. I mean, anytime, like, she's wearing his, like, white collared shirt. Yes. Like... <laughs> his white shirt. Yep. This is Glenn Morgan. He says, uh, that's the only time in the series that he wrote, rewrote me and took me out. Um, and meaning that, like, it was more explicit in the original script that, like, they slept together. But uh, Morgan says, I think Chris thought I was monkeying around with him, but I really wasn't. That was another case where I think they thought that I was out to sabotage Mulder and Scully's relationship. But I, th- I think that Jillian wanted to show that aspect of Scully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I think it's weird to this idea that, like, that's messy with their relationship. It's not. Right? Like, it's not. Like, it's, this is her, like, considering their relationship. Yeah, it's also, like, they're not exclusive. They're not dating. She's not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, Chris Chris right. Carter exactly. coming out and saying he's worried about <laughs> preserving their relationship just makes me that mad. <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> yes, that man saying how that dare also insisting for so long. That they're platonic and like, I guess, slight spoiler for season five, even though I'm going to ignore her for most of it. (laughs) Also bringing in like Diana Fowley, like talking about sabotaging the relationship. (laughs) Like that is her whole entire point Mm -hmm. of existing. That's her her only character beat is like to sabotage her relationship in like a stupid and pointless way. And it's just like, you don't you don't get to have it both ways, Chris. (laughs) But (laughs) you won't let Scully be a little slutty, like. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially at this point of her life where she's like, what is my life? Exactly. Right. Like, what is it outside of the X-Files and outside of Mulder? Like, let me do let something outside of that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a, um, hold on, let me find it. <clears throat> There's another, as, as long as we're in the a vein of like, uh, shitting on Chris Carter, I would like to bring up <laughs> his comments in an AMA. So somebody on the on the AMA asked him, like, essentially, like, why did Scully not get a desk? And kind of like going off on him, like, um, you know, like this person mentions that like Agent Fowley got her own desk. I mean, kind of just jumping ahead with the show, but like Scully never gets a desk. Like after this, she still doesn't get a desk. And like, <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite is him. His response to this is, "I resent the calling of it misogyny." unintentional or not scully never asked for her own desk what she would ask for is her own office she is literally asking for her own desk in this episode (laughs) what i am so mad how dare he it's not my fault you do not know your own damn show how dare he (laughs) wow liar (laughs) god oh that man that man drives me nuts Anyway. Glenn and James are the only one smart enough. They get it. <laughs> they get enough. it. They they get her. They get that like she like it's 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 a respect thing the desk and it's a power thing with the desk. Mm-hmm. They get that and then they get that Scully's also a little slutty and that's okay. Like <laughs> yes. At this point, yeah. I don't even think she has her name on the door. Okay. It's also like she's no. we're saying like she's in a slut area and she's being a little slutty, but she's even not really being a little slutty. She's going on like one that's date. True. We never see her date. date. We never yeah. see her personal life. Like she's allowed to have that mm-hmm. outside of Mulder and the X Files. Mm-hmm. 
in in season one she had a boyfriend that they like cut the plot mm-hmm. line of like she had this yeah. like secret boyfriend <laughs> i think his name was ethan or something <laughs> i think they actually had like a deleted scene in the first episode where she like went on a date yeah, or yeah. like she went to meet him or something and they just cut it off and I'm like, yeah wow. and she had like a date in like in the jersey devil which i think is the fifth episode so like this is the second time in four years we've seen her on her date <laughs> like she's uh, she's we're starving out here and also like <laughs> canonically in the show she's like in her early 30s at this point like you think a, a single woman in her early 30s that is as hot as jillian anderson isn't dating mm-hmm. yes yes like, where does that make sense <laughs> It doesn't <laughs> make it make sense. They can't. <laughs> so Ed wakes up early and goes to get breakfast. And then Scully is awoken by a knock on the door. And so she, you know, is in his collared shirt. They definitely fucked. And it's some detectives and they're like, uh, were you here the night before last? And she was like, no. <laughs> and... I think I saw someone, I was, like, reading a bit of, like, articles about this episode. I think someone called them, like, being kind of, like, misogynist, the detectives. I I got the read. My read of it was, like, they didn't want to tell this woman that, like, the from context mm-hmm. clues was fucking Edgers anything about, like, how they suspected <laughs> he may have been involved in, like, murdering his yeah. announcer's neighbor. Right. Like, that was my right. read. Right. I, 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 that's my yeah. read, too. I didn't really read this as misogynist behavior from these detectives. It's more of, like they're working a case and they don't want to have like a woman scream and freak out because she might have slept right. with a murderer even though she did yeah, but yeah. you know yeah 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 and so they were like we found some blood wasn't hers and it had this weird compound in it so they gave her the info and she locks on her nurse's <laughs> computer at the like the dial-up noise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like the web interface. The web interface and the fact that she typed mm-hmm. in that entire link. She, like she memorized the, the exact web page yes. to go to. Yeah. And it has yes. like multiple parts to it too. It's not just like mm-hmm. gmail.com. It's like <laughs> Yeah. Slash something, slash something. (laughs) (laughs) Forensic, uh, whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah. There is absolutely no way I think that she would be able to access that website on his computer. I don't think Mm -hmm. the FBI would have, like, I think that would be intranet. I don't think that would be accessible, like, outside on the web. Right, (laughs) absolutely. So that kind of cracked me up. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) She could have just, like, um, I guess not Googled, but, like, uh, what's the one before Google? Alta Vista. Yeah, she could have altivisted it. <laughs> but she finds out it's ergot and that it would explain the hallucinations. And th- one theory is that ergot poisoning is what caused the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. or was mm-hmm. like the root of it. Well, ergot on, on rye bread. There's, there's, right. So ergot on rye, like that's what was used. Ergot was used to isolate LSD. So there's also mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um her her like immediate like reaching to her tattoo, like, oops. Whoops, I did a whoopsie. <laughs> I was a little too impulsive. Just a little. <laughs> this is why I'm never impulsive then. Did did more <laughs> did more than one oopsie. The tattoo and also sleeping with a murderer. Yes, yes. It's two and one. <laughs> and Scully calls the FBI office and like it's like two rings to Mulder's office and then she hangs up. <laughs> she's like not quick enough. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a misconnection there. 
And Ed comes back and she's like very concerned. She's like, sit down. I need to talk to you. This concerns both of us. I think we have ergot poisoning. And he's like so relieved because he's like, okay, this explains the hallucinations. Mm -hmm. But then he's also like, I don't need help. (laughs) And he's also like, this explains it, but also it's not chemical. I am legitimately hallucinating. (laughs) It's like her whole face of like, oh, no. Oh, no. How do I get out of here quick enough? (laughs) Like, what is my next step? I need to get out of here. (laughs) And I just love Ed Jersey's like, Line reading of she hates women. <laughs> <laughs> and so as Scully's getting changed, the tattoo is like, why don't you redial? Redial. Let's see who she called. And then like he calls the FBI office and then like says Dana Scully. So then as Scully comes back out, he attacks her. He also leaves the phone off the hook. Like, very sick and twisted. I assume Mulder heard that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very sick and twisted. <laughs> um, does Mulder have any decency after this? No. <laughs> he's, he's literally so awful. <laughs> uh, but her, uh, he grabs her and then she does bite, groin shot. You go, girl. <laughs> go, girl, go. Mm-hmm. Those self-defense skills. Um, but l- unfortunately, he pushes her against a wall and she becomes unconscious. Uh, I love the music in this episode, too. It's it's something I, we haven't heard before. And um, so it's a very, like, do-do-do-do. I can't do it, but maybe I'll put it in here. And so he's carrying her down to the furnace. And, or boiler. I don't really know what it's called. It's just a furnace in my mind. And Scully wakes up and she's like, you need to take control, Ed. Like, (laughs) you need to stop doing what you're doing. And so his solution, big brain Ed, is to stick his entire arm into the furnace and burn the tattoo off. Uh, Yeah. uh -uh. Boy, that must have hurt. Burns. Or Boris's, what is this, an episode of the of FMA? <laughs> <laughs> and But the very great shot of him, his burn, and then the camera kind of circles around Scully, and we have just, like, the shot of her tattoo, like, menacingly, like, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Where are your hallucinations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm cool, comic collected. I don't have hallucinations. <laughs> So back in the basement office, Mulder says, welcome back. You look better than you looked in the hospital. The end of the nice things he has to say. And then he says, congratulations for making a personal appearance in the X-Files for the second time. I will kill you with my bare hands. <laughs> what is wrong like, with him? Oh what is wrong with like, him? Is he like, is he so jealous? And like possessive that like he says these <laughs> things to her like what the fuck excuse me but like why is he being such a little bitch like why he, he is and i think what's so good about this episode is it doesn't feel out of character for Mulder. no right? he is like, passive aggressive right. yeah, he is, this is, he is mm-hmm. like this this is what he would be like this is his absolute worst yeah. that he's putting forth but yeah. it is him and so we find out like jersus in custody 
they both have ergot, but not to the levels to cause hallucinations. So Jurus was just like hallucinating. He was freestyling. <laughs> <laughs> and then he raised up his Yankees fandom. It is not the time. You've already oh reached God. your limit with me. You can't know. <laughs> and again, she's just ignoring him. She's just like. She's been through a trauma. Picking up the rose petal. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, I literally don't care what you say right now. I just went through a whole ordeal. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last thing she needs right now is you and your smart ass. You know how much she is. She has been so endlessly kind to you. And patient. She is. She's put up with so much. And she has never thrown this stuff at you. And the fact that you do like to her in her moment of need. Yeah. Disgusting. Awful. You little freak. Uh -huh. I will shove your fingers into a garbage disposal. <laughs> anyway, he starts to pivot to a new case. And then he's like, all this because I didn't get you a desk? You really think it was about really? the desk? <laughs> How dumb? How dumb can he be? <laughs> the whole thing. And that's what comes out of it. No. <laughs> you think it's about it, the desk? It all revolves around him. <laughs> Goodness. It's all about him. And Scully's, not everything is about you, Mulder. It's my mm -hmm. life. And his, yes, but it's, never finishes that sentence, but he's definitely trying to say it's my something or other. My department, my case, mm -hmm. my cause, whatever he's trying to say. <laughs> he was at least smart enough to not finish that damn right, sentence. Right, it does not matter. Nope. No. Anyway, awful, awful little man. And that brings us to our sec our segments. <laughs> and first we have our Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder, Mulder! Our Mulder rating. And it's my turn to go first, mm -hmm. and it is the time we've all been waiting mm -hmm. for. I'm giving him a 10. <laughs> he deserves it. I would have given him a 15, except the uh the Graceland dance was very cute, so I'm docking it down to a 10 awful gremlin bitch insufferable miserable little freak absolutely atrocious i yeah. never i never want to see this version of Mulder again in my life <laughs> laura yeah it's a I yeah it's a 10 um i mean how can it not be he's just like such a little yeah. passive aggressive bitch to her this entire episode when she's just having honestly a pretty mild depressive episode but still like there's no reason for him to be that rude to her it makes me so mad yes he's yes. his most and even honestly even his cute moments like the little like graceland dance are still really annoying to me within the context of this episode because it's just like he's just <laughs> dicking around out there he's just like being mean to her and then like doing his dumb little dance and it's like <laughs> oh it infuriates me Mother, she is so down bad. She is fucking a man who is trying to kill women. Like you could, you could not do your stupid little dance for one second. Scully's allowed to be a little selfish, okay? And she's not even really being selfish. She's just trying to think about herself. Scully in this episode is that meme where it's like um that woman, like the little wojack i guess is she's like babe i'm so horny and mulder is just like hold on i need to go to graceland <laughs> do you know elvis got all this picture in 30 minutes like 
Okay, Brianda, what's your rating? I am giving him a 9.8 because, Aww. I mean, that grace that little you're dance. So, I, you're so I nice. Usually, you're so I nice. Love Mulder. <laughs> I Me usually too. Love Mulder, but um, yeah, that little He's so bracelet. annoying and cute. <laughs> you're you're right, so much nicer like, than me, Brianda. Usually, usually he's a nice meld of like annoying and cute, but this one, yeah, was just no. But that little Graceland dance <laughs> did earn some points with me, so it's a 9.8 for me. <laughs> okay, okay. This is empirical proof that Brianda is nicer than me, which we've known for like, going on like 17 years now, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I have been, I've been waiting, what, what are we at? 33 episodes? I've been waiting 33 episodes to give him this 10. Never gave me another 10. Uh, I know you have. You're like, it's coming. <laughs> it's, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Uh, and next we have... So uh, this must be the enigmatic Agent Scully. Our sassy Scully moment, Laura. Um, yeah, it's honestly, it's hard for me to pick. I have like several written down mm-hmm. because I think that like her her looks is like some of the looks she just gives mm-hmm. in this episode are fantastic and are just like pure acid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciate that. But I'm going to give it to the line at the very end. Not everything is about you, Mulder. This is my life. Because that is really the crux of the episode to me. Like Mulder, mm-hmm. Mulder does think that it's all about him. And for once, mm-hmm. her life, what she's thinking about and focusing on is not the X-Files and not him. And it's, it's great. I love it. Because like, yeah, maybe he does need to fucking realize that not everything is about him right now. That mm, anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna give it to that line, but there's a lot of great, great Scully moments in this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brianda, what's yours? I think because I did actually have <laughs> um, several ones, but I think my favorite one is when uh, Mulder calls her at the at the end, and um, she explains that she gave it to the Philadelphia Borough or whatever, and he's like, "Why?" And she explains how the guy that was his informant is like into this extortion ring and all that. He's like, how do you know that? She's like, I did as told as always. Like she did the background <laughs> check on them. And I'm yes, like, yes. <laughs> yes. Like that she was, did her job. That was so sick of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like he is literally like mansplaining investigative in, procedures. And she's the her. one that does all of the investigative work normally anyway. Like how do you <laughs> mm-hmm. think she knows? No. Yeah. Just because the answer isn't what you wanted, Mulder, doesn't make right. it untrue. Yeah. Mine is, it was her looks for mm-hmm. sure. And I think my favorite is either the one where immediately after Mulder says, what are you going on a date or something? And her like head tilt, like uh, office style, like, <laughs> are you shitting me right here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also her look when like he's complaining <laughs> about her walking away from the source and she is just like, deadpan like i know you did not just say that to me so good (laughs) i would also like to give a shout out to whenever she was like what are you my superior now earlier Mm -hmm. on too that's that's a good one too because you're not molder yeah he isn't and also that would really turn her on if he was (laughs) (laughs) give her something to rebel against (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what's missing missing in their dynamic, apparently. 
<laughs> Mulder needs to be a superior. Needs to be her boss. <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he needs to do some more dom shit. Uh, <laughs> and next we have. Welcome. You've got mail. Our 90s moment, Brianda. Um, I guess I'm just going to go with the most obvious, the dial-up <laughs> Just like, yeah. as yes. soon as she clicked and I heard that sound, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Is that yours too, Laura? Um, I, it, I have several, again, for these, I had a lot of backups. Um, <laughs> Because the dial-up modem noise is obviously like, yeah, that's... <laughs> amazing um i'm gonna actually give it to hmm you know what i'm gonna give it to the fact that she accessed a government website from the internet and the fact that she typed in a full (laughs) web address with like multiple slashes and periods like a complicated web address from memory um yeah that's impressive so yeah maybe yeah accessing what's definitely an intranet from the internet (laughs) yeah 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 Mine is a dial-up noise, too. It was so nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. Um, it was also very quick. Like, usually it was very drawn out. Right. Yeah. I was expecting for it to take a little bit longer. Yeah, like, it takes, like, a, almost yeah. a minute, right? Yeah. Well, this one took, like, 20 also, seconds. Like, with, the, <laughs> with their phone calls and, like, the dial-up, like, I feel like there were a lot of, like, noise truncation in this episode. I wonder if it was, like, tight on time or something. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the episode. Um, firstly, I was kind of curious. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about like, I think I saw this article like calling this episode like the most feminist episode, The X Files, and I don't disagree with that. But I think it's interesting to consider like that the most feminist episode of The X Files also involves like Scully kind of indirectly being punished for having a sexuality like the one time she just tries to like have a one-night stand she almost gets murdered Mm -hmm. and so like i don't think that's something you could ignore (laughs) right (laughs) but like i also don't disagree like i think it's really powerful that she's really expressing herself in a way that we haven't seen Mm -hmm. like usually she's this very like naggy not no nonsense kind of woman who is like uh empirical in a, a way that's kind of shut off from like uh this kind of traditional femininity mm-hmm. uh but yeah i just i don't know if you had any thoughts on it yeah i mean i think both can be true right mm-hmm. like i think to an extent this episode is is feminist in the way that it allows scully to kind of just not be perfect for a while right which is why a lot of people i think maybe mm-hmm. didn't like her portrayal in it or it also, I think, does a really good job at highlighting, like, violent misogyny. So, like, how misogyny is internal for women and men, but the ways in which those internal feelings become external violent acts and behaviors, I think, is progressive, especially for the time in which, like, this episode aired. But... I mean, I agree. Like it, it does punish her ultimately in the end, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's great. But that's also very much a product of the. It's very mid '90s feminism. Like, yeah. like okay, she's allowed to be like a little bit of a hoe, but she still has to be punished for it. Like women are allowed to have sexuality and allowed mm-hmm. to be selfish, but ultimately it has to be a bad thing for them. So I, I think both can be mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, I definitely agree with that. I mean, even with like her date with Ed, um, it's really interesting how it was almost kind of like the reverse of like dating etiquette. Um, Like, I mean, Ed gave her his number instead of she giving him his number. She called him to set up the date. She picked him up. You know, it was very like she was very in control in an episode where she Mm -hmm. felt not in control. But then at the same time, you know, at the end, you have her almost dying and you know being burned in a furnace so it's like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and and even on your point on like the misogyny like i think something we like haven't really mentioned that much is that she gets that misogyny from Mulder too oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah in this episode a lot he doesn't have that hatred that jers has but he like gives her shit Mm -hmm. for like almost getting murdered (laughs) by like sleeping with someone it's like really fucked up yeah he's kind of like approaches Mm -hmm. her after like oh did you get it out of your system like fuck you like what the hell and and yeah just mm. yeah i really like this episode i think it is so it's kind of like a continuation of what we talked about this entire season of like um, Glenn and James like coming back from to the show and just really just like gumming up the works mm-hmm. kind of like really mm-hmm. just swinging for the fences doing some really um, you know format breaking stuff and this episode really slots into that mm-hmm. and I think it is it is so good that we like it, it's very telling that like the people who gave Scully her first like Scully centric episode and Beyond the Sea came back mm-hmm. to like give her this episode and it's a great episode. I really like yeah. it. I think, like, for all of yeah. its flaws, like, it is still, like, a deeply interesting feminist look at Scully. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of get into that more because I have a lot to say about what they do with Scully uh, coming up. <laughs> yeah. Um, none of it's positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I really love this episode. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I think the acting's great. The directing is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's on a, it's truly on another level. Yeah. I didn't know if you had anything to add. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I I mm-hmm. like that this is like a scully centric episode that seems to actually try to understand who she at who she is as a person mm-hmm. and not just like which again we got in Beyond the Sea. But um yeah, I, I really, I miss that. I feel like we don't get that a lot with them anymore. We get so wrapped up in, like, all of the mythology that's coming up and whatnot that we don't really get, like, who they are as people individually as much, especially with Scully. So I, I really like this episode for that. It's also just wild, which is fun. It's just a really kind of fun, crazy episode. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Never Again is actually one of my favorite episodes of X-Files, which is why I chose, <laughs> wanted to be part of it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, yeah, I mean, you, you're you so used to seeing Scully as, you know, this in control, you know, very professional, you know, medical doctor. And here you get to see like a little bit kind of of her almost come out of her shell in a way. And so it's, I mean, it was mm-hmm. very good episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I do really like the way that, like, they kind of, um, like, dived into Scully's issues, but they're also still about men, like, mm-hmm. her daddy issues. are like, yeah. yes, I think it makes a ton of percent sense that, like, a Navy brat would have daddy issues. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, and authoritarian issues. Like, and it's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that tracks. And it's like, it's not, it's not 
it, it isn't like the most, I guess, like like feminist, so to speak, uh, portrayal of a woman, but it's like, it feels more honest than like, right. you know, I don't know, this kind of like girl bossing they could have done. <laughs> right. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I would argue that girl bossing is way less feminist than showing someone who's a little messy, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. But. We don't get any of this because the X-Files has like maybe five women writers and right. none of them are on staff. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. There was that uh, BuzzFeed <laughs> article where like they did the math of like how many, like uh, what percentage of the writers were women. And the X-Files did worse than MASH, a show that aired from 1972 to 1983. And do you want to talk about a show wow. with misogyny? Because it's MASH. <laughs> <laughs> it is it, yes, yes, like the like most like anti like misogyny episodes of Mash are like in the seventh season or whatever mm-hmm. when Alan Alda was like actually like fuck Hawkeye yeah. for being like this. Bless Alan Alda. I'm gonna write a whole episode of how how like yes like he he campaigned <laughs> for the Equal Rights Amendment. He's a legend. He's an ally. He is. <laughs> but yes, like they're. Ugh. I'll, we'll get into this because I specifically wrote down an episode <laughs> where we can dive into this headfirst. But so much of Scully could be so much. Scully could be. She's a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. She could be mm-hmm. infinitely better yes. if, like, they let yeah. women write yes. her. <laughs> if they, yes. Oh, yeah. If they let her be a little messier. Mm-hmm. And this episode, like, being written by, like, two dudes that, like, understand the assignment like infinitely more right and they they it's also like this this episode could have been could have been better too because like obviously they like had Mm -hmm. to cut like more of the like you know sex scene or whatever but it's like letting letting your actor kind of drive that kind of scene and and like the vibe and like that stuff i think also like would have been even better is like letting jillian do more with her character than she's allowed to most of the time you know yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but even with all those limitations fantastic yeah. episode mm-hmm. big high marks for me great episode i hope everyone enjoyed yeah. it yeah and that's our episode uh if you'd like to follow us on twitter we are condensed truth on twitter if you'd like to email us we're condensed truth pod at gmail.com and our next episode, which we kind of have like some, we we both have some stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it's on time. It might be late, but we'll see. Um, probably only be like a week or two late. We're kind of recording episodes pretty early yeah. for me to edit. So we're kind of, you know. <laughs> Trying to get ahead. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but our next one will be season four, episode 14, Memento Mori. Um, we're finally gonna we're gonna circle back to the cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gonna get back to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that yeah. Um, Scully is leaving her slut era. Um, R.I.P. So to her slut era. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. to Scully being a thought. <laughs> February seventh, nineteen ninety seven to February seventh, nineteen ninety seven. It had so much potential. Uh, and it was so short lived. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you to Brianda for coming on. Thanks it for was coming. really fun to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to have you on for an episode where like 
we can defend Mulder against <laughs> Laura's onslaught. Oh, no, don't water. team up against me. I, I am down for it's that. Not fair, Shelby. Oh <laughs> we we gotta cut. We gotta team up to get her to give him a below a five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will strategically think about his most sympathetic episode. <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> See the potential of Mulder. He has his Mulder. Yes, yes. His, his, his sweet little, his uh, when he has his family issues where you're like, yeah. you're somehow the best member of the Mulder family. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, we will see y'all or talk to y'all eventually. And yeah. Everybody have a nice week. Bye. Bye. Bye.